Welcome everyone to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host, Keith, and I'm here to talk about to you about all your favorite issues and publishers. But first, a big news week. It was New York Comic Con. It is currently Sunday evening. I have a nice hot mug of cocoa, and it's way too late for me to be up because I work tomorrow. But I wanted to wait to record this episode until after New York Comic Con is done so I can try to get as much news as possible. If I miss anything important, please let me know. That being said, let's jump in. First of all, we have a new James Bond series coming from Dynamite Comics. And we have found out that the art is going to be done by Rafa Labosco, And it's going to be written by Garth Ennis. This is really interesting. Um, I don't know if I'm going to pick it up. We'll see. I really, I'm trying to cut back on my comics a bit because I'm spending too much, but it's really intriguing to see Garth Ennis on James Bond. Garth Ennis is really hit or miss for me because I, sometimes I just can't take the themes, you know, but, but it's definitely interesting. It's definitely an interesting concept. So uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see on that one. Sticking with Dynamite. Uh, Dynamite already puts out a lot of Disney pro- uh, like uh, products as comics. Now they have a new partnership with WB with Warner Brothers, and they're going to be making car- comics of some of their properties. And I'm very excited about some of these. So let's talk about them. First of all, Thundercats, The Flintstones, Powerpuff Girls, Space Ghost, Johnny Quest, Wizard of Oz, and We Bear Bears. Now, of these, I am definitely buying the Powerpuff Girls and Space Ghost. I will see the pitch for Wizard of Oz and Thundercats. I don't know about the others. We'll see. There's, that's a lot of comics, but so cool to see these coming out. And yeah, Powerpuff Girls. Hell yeah, let's go. I just hope that at the end of every issue of Space Ghost, we see a Space Ghost Coast to Coast panel. Like, that'd be really cool. Like a page. Like, I mean, the letters page even. That'd be really cool. So, cool announcement. Uh, next up, uh, we have an announcement of a new creator-owned comic company uh, called Ghost Machine. This is going to be released through Image Comics, but the founding members of Ghost Machine are uh, just crazy. Greg Johns and Brad Meltzer, plus Jason Fabok, Gary Frank, Brian Hitch, Lamont McGee, Francis Monopole, Peter J. Tomasi, and Maytol Zucat. Um, holy crap. And just some major, major names there. And one of the really cool things is they're doing like, they're going to have four, they, they describe it as four distinct shared universes that will make up the world. And just from what I'm seeing here, I'm getting very strong cross-gen vibes. And I will say that as someone who loves cross-gen, I will just throw that out there. So um, yeah, I, I'm definitely interested in this and I'll be at least tentatively checking it out. So very cool. Uh, after that, we also got another uh, big announcement that Scott Snyder is going to be collaborating with Tom Hardy, uh, the actor of Venom, <laughs> on a graphic novel series called Arcbound. Um, this sounds really, really cool. Uh, I'll read the quick description. Uh, the formid- formidable corp- corporatocracy, uh, Zenitech, harnesses the unmatched energy of Cronium to assert its dominions across the stars. The Arcbound series chronicles the journey of Kai, a resolute mediator captain tasked with the maintaining Zenitech's lifeline to Cronium. However, as he grapples with the mor- morality of his role, revelations about Zenitech's dubious past thrust him into a poignant quandary to remain loyal to the Empire or to confront the forces that molded him into a tool of repression. Very cool sounding idea. Um, as I said, Scott Snyder and Tom Hardy, they're also going to be involved as Frank Thierry and Ryan Smallman with other artists like Tyler Kirkham. Uh, Ryan Otley, Clayman, and Dan Pinozian doing alternate covers. Very, very cool. I, I think that's going to be an interesting one. Next up, Rick Remender is going to be teaming up with a group of artists to launch Gromit's comic, which is which is going to be a coming-of-age story based around 80s skateboarding culture. And as someone who's born in the 80s, that's cool as hell. I'm very excited about that. Um, the primary art, or you know, Rick Remender will be joined on the writing of it with Brian Pussain, the amazing actor, and comedian. The art team will be Brett Parson and Moreno Denicio with several variant covers of uh, David Lapham, Lapham, Andrew Robinson, Alex Regal, Chuck Beebe, and John Hay- Hay- Way Shack. There we go. Um, very, very cool. This will also be published through Image. As I said, I'm a big, I, I was a big surfer in my youth, but um, it's 
it's very much a similar like culture. So very cool. I'm excited to see that. Also, the last independent thing I want to talk about is the Harvey Awards. The 2023 Harvey Awards were awarded at New York Comic Con. And there was some really, really great things done. First of all, we already talked about it, but I don't care. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame again. Uh, Chris Claremont, Walter Simonson, Louise Simonson, Marv Wolfman, George Perez, and Bill Griffith. So many names on there that are just instrumental in getting me into comics. So, so well-deserved. I couldn't be happier with that group. Book of the Year went to Ducks, Two Years in the Oil Sands. Um, Laura Olympus took home Digital Book of the Year. Hungry Ghost by Victoria Ying won Best Children's or Young Adult Book. Uh, Best Manga went to Chainsaw Man. And Best International Book went to Black Sad. The final award was Best Adaptation from a Comic Book Graphic or Novel. It was won by Spider-Man Across the Universe, which was accepted by Shamik Moore, the guy who voices Miles Morales. So very, very cool. Um, yeah, I, I just, um, just a really well-deserving group, you know, and uh, this is like the last major awards, I believe, of the year, of the comic year, so it's a nice one to wrap up. Before I move on to DC and Marvel specifically, I do want to take a moment to acknowledge the loss of Keith Giffen, uh, who passed away at the age of 70. Keith Giffen, uh, I mean, what do you say? Just some of the most legendary work ever. Uh, the creator of Lobo and Ambush Bug and Jaime Reyes, the current Blue Beetle, and Rocket Raccoon, actually. Uh, passed away at the age of 70 after a stroke. And um, yeah, it's just so brutal. To me, Keith Giffen is always the man who made me like the Justice League because they he brought he was one of the people that worked on the JLI run with Booster Gold and such. And to me, that was the Justice League. That was the that was my Justice League. And yeah, he will be missed. What a legend. Like, really. Just incredible. So yeah, definitely wanted to give a shout out to that before I moved on. A little bit of DC news. Uh, Jason Aaron is going to be writing a three-issue Superman arc in Action Comics in Jan- starting in January, which is really cool because I've been getting Action Comics, so I'm very curious to see it, it's also going to feature Bizarro, which I love Bizarro, especially because of the Red Hood Outlaws uh, webcomic has made me really, really into him. So very curious to see Jason Aaron over in DC and doing something after his just amazing runs on Thor and Avengers and such. So very cool. The other bit of DC news is, oh, so big news. I love this. DC has announced the return of Elseworlds with several Elseworlds announcements so we're going to run through them really really quickly uh first of all gotham by gaslight the kryptonian age will serve as a sequel to the original gotham by gaslight one shot it's going to follow the victorian era batman as he forms a 19th century justice league and discovers the ties between earth and krypton very cool uh batman the barbarian which reimagines bruce wayne as a medieval medieval warrior is going to be written and illustrated by Greg Smallwood. This does kind of remind me of the um, when we thought Batman was killed, but he was actually sent back in time in a caveman times. So very cool. I like the character design quite a bit too. Here's one that excites me the most, and you guys know it if you ever listen to the show. <laughs> Dark Knights of Steel All Winter will take place in Tom Taylor and Yasmin Putri's uh, Dark Knights of Steel universe. It's going to follow a Viking Deathstroke as he seeks to undo a curse that has left the world in an everlasting winter. It's going to be written by Jay Kristoff and illustrated by Terso Kahn's. It'll last for six issues. In addition to that, Tom Taylor has announced a main sequel to Dark Knights of Steel. I am so stoked. <laughs> Next up is Batman Nightfire. Going to be written and illustrated by Brothers Clay and Seth Mann. Uh, after Gotham City burns down in a massive fire, Bruce Wayne will travel back in time to try to stop it from happening. Cool concept. Uh, next up is a Green Lantern Dark series. And just the art. I can't express this enough. To make sure to check out the art. Um, this is going to be written by Tate Brumble and illustrated by Werther Deladera. What a team, guys. <laughs> uh, takes place in a post-apocalyptic world overrun by monsters with no heroes left in sight. Very, very cool. And last but not least, uh, Matt Rosenberg and Otto Schmidt return for DC vs. Vampires World War V, which will serve as a sequel for the duo's original DC vs. Vampires. Uh, that's cool. It's also not the only big vampire crossover announcement I have for the day, but very, very cool. I'm so excited about Elseworlds. Definitely the highlight DC news for me. 
And a little bit more Marvel news here. Um, Infinity Comics uh, is going to have a big crossover for Jeff the Landshark. It's going to feature Jeff and several of the other animals, and it's called Infinity Paws. And it will have um, Jason Liu and Nao Fuji uh, doing the creation. And it's going to feature Jeff the Landshark, uh, Chewie, Alligator Loki, and Lucky the Pizza Dog in their own Infinity comic. And I am here for that. I love these characters they're just amazing so definitely sounds like a lot of fun next up marvel has announced a new as i said vampire themed crossover called blood hunt uh this one is i'm really excited about because it's going to be written by jed mckay and i love jed uh drawn by pepe Larraz and martha gracia which is just a great team overall and it's it's i just love when they do these really cool crossovers around a theme like this vampire seems to be something that they don't once or twice but has always been really really good um characters that have been quoted as being involved include uh, the avengers moon knight's min, min, or moon knight's midnight mission that's a tongue twister dr strange miles morales and of course blade so very very cool that's set to come out in the spring of 2024 and finally we have some creative teams to announce and oh boy Coming out of Ultimate Invasion, we have the new Ultimate Universe, so we have some new Ultimate Universe books. One of them that we already knew about was Ultimate Spider-Man, who was to be written by Jonathan Hickman and drawn by Marco Cicchetto. What a killer team, right? So cool. Ultimate Black Panther. Very, very cool. It, I'm glad that he's getting a book there. It's going to be from Brian Hill and Stefano Caselli. Again, crazy great team. And... They also announced the Ultimate Universe one-shot, which is going by, by Jonathan Hickman and Stefano Caselli. However, the main announcement, for me at least, is Ultimate X-Men is coming back, and it's going to be written and drawn by Peach Momoko. Fuck yes. I'm so excited about this. And it looks like it's going to be based around armor, which is a really cool idea. I love armor, so just incredible. Can't wait. And the final bit is about uh, the X-Men as well. Unfortunately, they did confirm, essentially, that the Krakoan Age is ending. And uh, we all were kind of like thinking it might happen. I was kind of praying it wouldn't. Um, but yeah, they did confirm some more of that. Um, they confirmed the teases that they've been throwing out about the fall of the House of X and the rise of the powers of X and the resurrection of Magneto. But yeah, they did confirm that this will bring the five-year Krakoan storyline to a close. And you know what? Ugh, just, man, as a lifelong X-Men fan, this has been one of the best eras of X-Men, and I'm just really upset to see it go. Um, I get it, you know, you have to change, you have to keep telling different stories, but I just kind of wish this one didn't have to, you know, but here we are. It is what it is, so. All right. Well, that's it. That is all the news I have from New York Comic Con. I'm sure I missed things once again. If there's anything specific that I missed that you know, please let me know. And I'll be more than happy to go ahead and include it next week. That being said, it's time to talk about some comics. And as you know, on this show, when I talk about comics, I don't start with a bang. I start with a boom. And Boom Studios is where we're starting off. First book from Boom this week is Damn Them All, number nine. Written by Cy Spurrier, illustrated by Charlie Adlard, colored by Sophie Dodgson with Daniel Silva, Daniel Silva de Carvalho, and letter by Jim Campbell. Uh, yeah, this is really good. It's I love how this world builds, and we get these slow re revelations of different uh, demons and such. And this one has the reveal of like one of the creepiest ones yet, and that is King Belleth, and just. Oh, so good. It's a, not creepy in a way that you'd expect, you know, automatically from this. It's it's just the implications of it and just the eeriness of it. It's so crazy. And God, all these forces are building towards something huge. I just know it. And I'm I'm in. I cannot wait to see what's going to happen. So just wanted to check in very briefly with Damn Them All because uh, I talk about it a lot, but just wanted to check in with that issue. After that is Firefly, The Fall Guys, number two. Written by Sam Humphreys, illustrated by Jordi Perez, colored by Francisco Sagala, with color assists by Gloria Martinelli, and lettered by Jim Campbell. So we do find the crew of the Serenity on the run. Uh, some of them, a few of them, in the ship itself running away, and the rest trapped on this planet. 
being framed for the attempted murder of a high government official. And they're just basically like just trying to keep on the down low and just do what they do best. But of course it's nothing's ever that simple. And then we do discover like this deep, like tease of a connection between uh, a member of the crew and the, and the attempted uh, uh, assassins target. So that of course that's going to complicate things too as well. I really like it. I love, I've always loved Firefly. It's always been one of my favorite things. It's definitely a book I'm getting my roommate to read because she's even bigger Firefly fan than I am. But yeah, just really, really good. I'm glad I started buying Firefly comics again because it did feel more overwhelming for a while. But I, I think I'm I think I'm adjusted now. My final boom book of the week is House of Slaughter, number eighteen. And this one is uh, well, first of all, series development by James Tynion the Fourth, written by Sam Johns, illustrated by Letizia Cadenici. Color by Francisco Sagala and letter by Anne World Design. Um, yeah, this one, it, it, we do check back in with uh, with our Alabaster storyline. It's part three. So I'm not going to talk too much about it because we're kind of right in the middle of the arc. But uh, yeah, it's really, really cool. And it's just like a unique hero and a unique situation they're in. And it's got its own like special grimness that House of Slaughter is so good at giving like keeping the level of disturbia, if you will, between multiple characters, but making them unique, making them entirely different. And I, I really liked it. I thought it was fantastic. And um, this one is a bit about a bit of a character development and kind of like a, um, like a dilemma evaluation issue. So I thought it was really good. Um, I, but I like all houses slaughter. I like, you know, something's killing the children, all of it. It's all good. So uh, I have nothing bad to say. Very, very good book. Next up, let's talk Oni Press. And I only got one Oni Press book this week, and it's a Rick and Morty book. Rick and Morty presents Fricky Friday. And uh, this one is written by Michael Marici, illustrated by Jarrett Williams, colored by Leonardo Ito, and lettered by Crank. Um, I love a good Rick and Morty one-shot. It's always a lot of fun to jump in, jump out. And this one revolves around another rick and rick who has this devious plan to use their family and multiple versions of their family to you know do rick things as they all do (laughs) so really cool it's nice to see because like essentially it's revolving around mind swapping so you get to see members of the smith family act like the others so you'll you'll get like a a beth that acts like morty and stuff it's a lot of fun um it's definitely great for a one shot doesn't outstay its welcome i think it's really really cool and could have been a pretty good episode of the show, too. And that's always a good ju- judgment for me with Rick and Morty is, would it have been a good episode? And I, yeah, I think so. So very good. Very much enjoyed. Next up is IDW Publishing. And I only got one book this week. But what a book. The Hunger and the Dusk, number three. Probably my favorite comic book that's coming out right now. I love this book. Um, so that's written by G. Willow Wilson, art by Chris Wildgoose. Colors, colors by Mosaic and Letter by Simon Bolin. So after the loss of one of the last men standing, uh, we get to check in with our heroes and we actually get to see them get their hands on a Vengal. And we discover a few little bits about them. For instance, their language seems to be based on an ancient form of Orcish, which is really interesting, isn't it? Um, also, we get to discover how they're getting around without being caught. That I won't spoil for you. I want you to read for yourself, but so cool. Um, just an epic fantasy tale with some of the best characters. I love it. Um, I ship the two main characters so hard. I can't express enough how much I love this book. It's just, again, I said it last time. It's not my book of the week, but considered an honorary, honorary book of the week. I just don't want to give it to it every time it's here. So fantastic book. Thumbs up. And now for arguably the most interesting and diverse week of image comics I've ever had. I I'm very stoked about this week of image comics, so I can't wait to talk about it with you. First up star signs. Number five, uh, written by Saladin Ahmed art by Megan Levens, colored by Kelly Fitzpatrick and letter by Sean Lee. Uh, this one's really cool. Cause instead of just constantly introducing new characters, this one, it kind of focuses on a conflict. We do get to see the new character that was recruited by the bad guys very briefly, but he's not the focus of the issue. Like some of them have been, 
I think we got a nice normal sized team right now. And it was great to have a little bit of a breather issue. And it was cool to see them come into conflict conflict and kind of like use their powers in different ways. And um, yeah, it does lead to what could potentially be a pretty heroic sacrifice. We'll see how it ends up. But I don't know. I think it, I think they make it pretty clear that the bad guys want the good guys alive to take them alive. So I don't think we're going to see anyone die. But I mean, mind control is certainly not out of the question, I'm sure. So after that is quest three. Uh, this is written in story, story scripts, illustrations, lettering design by Jonathan Luna with story assist and script by Crystal Wood. Um, I, I really like this book. It's been really cool. Uh, our heroes discover the library where they can find some more information about their foes and about what's going on. And uh, they take the time to do the research. And it's a really cool library. It's a very cool setting. Like, I really liked it. It's an awesome little fantasy like scene that I thought was really great. Unfortunately, this does give their pursuers time to catch them. And so that does lead to a conflict at the end, which then the third party crashes. So we'll see where that's coming because uh, we're kind of left off on that on that hook. So very cool. Really enjoying this book. It's been very, very good. After that is Fish Flies, number two. Lettering and design by Steve Wands. Everything else is by Jeff Lemire. Um, I thought I'd missed this issue because I thought it came out weeks ago. But I guess I didn't, so I'm very happy about that. This one is so intense and just absolutely insane in the most Jeff Lemire way. Like, it's a very Jeff Lemire book um, with with the, the police officer is trying to find the culprit now. But he obviously doesn't know that the guy is transformed into a giant, you know, fish fly monster. So uh, he's not going to be able to find him, but... He's getting little hints, but it, it did kind of hyper-focus towards this police chief, essentially, for a little while, in addition to our main uh, young female protagonist. And so I, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen there. There's a really cute moment between her and the fishfly guy uh, where he takes her jumping, if you will. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, it's just so good. And it's just like, this book really hits me as a special place because... Uh, I spent a chunk of my childhood in a kind of like small rednecky town like this, uh, not in Canada, unfortunately, but in Oklahoma, much worse. Um, but yeah, I just see the people I know in these people and it makes me kind of long for that place in a really weird way. Like, can you long for a place that you don't want to ever go to again? That's how I feel. <laughs> so really good. Now we're going to start the section that I have called the best set of three books I've ever read in my life back to back. Here we go. Number one, Haunted Girl, number one. Written by Ethan Sachs and Naomi Sachs. Art by Marco Lorenzana. Color by Andres Mosa. Letter by Jaime Martinez. Oh, man. Okay, so this book, it really kicked it off really emotionally. And I'll just say this. I'm a sucker for a dad trying his best. Like that's, that's the number one hook you can get me with. And we get this intimate tale of a man and his daughter and her troubles and him trying his best to help her and her appreciating it. But some things are out of your control and some things like some things are just more complicated than they seem and throw on top of that, like a paranormal twist to everything and i really loved it i thought it was so cool i thought it was a really great story and i was already really stoked to pick it up and and continue it then i read the letter at the end and it just absolutely devastated me i'm not going to spoil it you guys read it for yourselves because i cannot recommend this book enough um it's fantastic the true story behind it is absolutely wonderful and it just puts everything into a new light and it makes me really excited for the future of this book. And God, I just loved it. Um, without spoiling anything else, I will say that Ethan wrote a single line at a very climactic time in his life. And it was what inspired this book, which is a girl who doesn't know if she wants to live is the only one who can save all life on earth. 
And Jesus Christ, if that's not a hook, I don't know what is. Like, jeez. So good. Fucking great, guys. Just pick it up. Followed by, like, you would think Haunted Girl would be my book of the week. But it's not. Unfortunately, I loved it. But my book of the week is Knights number one. Uh, Knights is, first of all, it's gigantic size, which is fantastic for me. Um, But the creative team is just wonderful. Let's talk about it. Written by Wyatt Kennedy, friend of the show. uh, One of my favorite writers in comics. Just so excited. Uh, Art by Luigi Formisano. Color by Francisco Segala. With assistance by Gloria Martinelli. And letters by Maria Letizia Mirabella. Oh, boy. This presents like an alternate world. And it's just a really cool world. I'll just read the premise at the very beginning. Florida is owned by Spain. America consists of 31 states. Vampires, ghosts, and other supernatural creatures are common and benign. The internet is infantile and irrelevant. <laughs> I um, There's so much of Wyatt in the story. <laughs> I just, um, I love it so much. There's a, there's a vivid, like, life to this world. That is, which ironically, considering I just talked about how many, you know, ghosts and vampires but yeah there's such a vivid life to this world there's so many like characters serving different like levels of purpose but are all immediately like clicking with you they're really great it's just it's got a great hook it's got some great relationships uh i mean i guess i'm i'm describing bolero (laughs) but yeah it's just it's just such a fantastic book and like I said, it's nice and thick. It sets everything up very well. It's it's out there, but it's also grounded and relatable. It's it's everything to everyone. <laughs> I can't recommend Nights enough. What a fucking great book. Uh, Wyatt does it again. Love it. Maybe he'll get a uh, Eisner this year. Uh, so <laughs> next up, my final book of, for Image is issue three of one of my favorite books out right now, The Cole, number one. Written by Kelly Thompson, art and colors by Matia Diulis, and letters by Hassan Atsmani Alhau. So this world, or this story of these uh, teenagers, uh, presumably teenagers, I don't think we got to actually age, but transported this other world, and they start to discover like some of the reality of it, and it, it takes this really creepy turn, and it has this really like unexpected level of dread that I absolutely loved and just savored. It was just so amazing to drop into this world, to meet this other force on the other side and to figure out the reality of it. And how do I say it without spoiling it? Our heroes are changed is what I will say in a way that is so cool. And it really fits the art style to do something like this. And just is so, so interesting so vivid and imaginative and just visceral i just love this book it's so good but yeah the call number three wraps up three of the best issues i've ever read in a row haunted girl one knights one and call three all three of these books everybody should be reading uh, image killed it this week what a run and after that we are going to switch publishers once again to dc comic books First up, the finale of Superboy, Man of Tomorrow, the Connor story. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed this run. Written by Kenny Porter, art, color, and cover by Janoi Lince, and letter by Lucas Gattoni. As someone who's not a Connor fan, uh, I really liked this, and I liked how it was about Connor finding his own place without being there the entire time, being around the super family the entire time. He had to find his own way on his own pace in his own place and now he has his own role that he kind of serves within the super family that no one else does and i like that it's really cool um very well done i've really loved this super family push since the dawn of dc i've loved everything they've put out every single character so this wraps up on that we'll see if he you know continues to feature in like action comics and stuff but um very well done probably my favorite connor run i've read so great job after that is Green Lantern number four. Uh, this is the the Hal Green Lantern book, not the John Green Lantern book. Written by Jeremy Adams, art and cover by Zermanico, colored by Romeo Fajardo Jr., letter by Dave Sharp, 
Uh, in this one, Hal is confronted by Sinestro on Earth, and we might have gotten a little bit more of a hint as to why Earth is quarantined from the rest of the universe. At least, I mean, we might have. Um, Sinestro, like, I kind of got the impression maybe there was a hint that they're quarantined because Sinestro's there and it's to keep him in. And now he's trying to get out. And it's up to Hal to stop him, of course. And we discover that Hal's ring course only works for Hal and such. And he has to call in help to stop Sinestro planting a bunch of bombs. And he calls in for the Flash. And him and the Flash have a cool team up. And I always like when two iconic Justice Leaguers have a team up. It's always fun. So very, very good issue. Um, and we're continuing a pretty great run for Donna DC. After that is Danger Street 10, Book 10, The Outsiders. Written by Tom King, art by Jorge Fornes, colored by Dave Stewart, and letter by Clayton Cowles. So in the aftermath of last issue's deadly rooftop duel, we check in with all the other characters. Uh, and specifically, uh, I, I'm very happy to get back to the police chief because I really, really like her. She's a lot of fun. But we do check in with pretty much everybody. Um, there's a lot of focus on Jack in this issue, which I think is really cool. But we also get to meet the Outsiders. Not those outsiders, <laughs> the other outsiders. And it's really interesting. I, I love what they're doing with this. And it makes me want to ask, how's this, where's that going? What's what's going to happen at the end of this? There's so many moving parts and so many themes that I'm curious to see how they all end up tying together. But yeah, I've really turned around on this book. I'm really enjoying it now. Next up is Batman and Robin number two. Uh, this one... I like this book a lot, considering I don't really like Bruce right now very much. I do like this book quite a bit. Written by Joshua Williamson, art by Simone DeMeo, letter by Steve Wands. So we got uh, Bruce and Damien, and basically Bruce should be recovering from his injuries, but he's not. And uh, Damien should be in school, but he skips. And so they just they're just both not doing what they're supposed to, which is great. I love the idea of Damien in school. I love him being the kid that doesn't take his sunglasses off. Just so much fun. Really, really cool. Um, I'm hooked on this idea. I really like Damien as a character. He's he's not my favorite person who's been Robin, but he is my favorite Robin, if that makes sense. Jason's still my favorite person who was Robin. He's just better as the Red Hood. So very cool. Um, enjoyable run. And I love Simone DeMaio's art. I mean, what's not to love? After that is Wesley Dodd's The Sandman, number one, a flashback tale. Written by Robert Venditti, art by Riley Rosmo, colors by Ivan Placencia, and letter by Tom Napolitano. I do want to mention that I'm very happy to see Riley uh, back in the horse after the Tim Drake book was canceled. Um, I definitely think this is a book that is straight up for Riley's style of art. It's so good. It really fits this character so well. And I think that's Riley's, like strength is for the right book riley's art is perfect the harley quinn book the art was perfect i really really enjoyed that so i i love this i love the i love the golden age uh dc heroes they're fun they're kooky they're kind of weird very cool this is no exception very good story um and yeah the sandman who doesn't love the sandman he's great so <laughs> final dc book of the week is the oversized batman city of madness book one Written and drawn by Christian Ward with letters by Hassan Atsmani Al-Hau. This is a um, black label series for Batman. And uh, the primary antagonists on here, there's a couple different ones. Uh, we have a two-face appearance. We have some really great stuff with the Court of Owls. But it does seem to introduce a new foe. A new foe that is creepy as shit that the book refers to as Batman Below. And I cannot stress to you enough how creepy this thing is. You'll need to check it out for yourself. But I actually almost didn't buy this because I was like, I'm buying a lot of comics and oversized, bo oversized books are so expensive. Then I kind of flipped through and I was like, ah, I'll, fine, I'll get it. And I'm glad I got it. It's really, really good. I'm really enjoying it. Um, if you're a Batman fan, if you like the gothic horror of Batman, it's right, it's right up that alley. And it's definitely something that I think you would really enjoy. So, all right, let's talk about Marvel. First Marvel book is Blade number four, 
Written by Brian Hill. Art by Valentina Pinti and Elena Casagrande. Colors by KJ Diaz and letter by Corey Petit. Blade and his team team up with Doctor Strange to do a, ba- a train robbery. That's what you need to know. It's great. It's fun. I love train robberies. It's a great trope. And just make it, you know, vampires. And it's also really an over-the-top train, which I really appreciate. Um, they make the point that the chase, the chassis is made out of adamantium, and it rarely slows beyond, beyond uh, 180 miles per hour, which is just absolutely ridiculous. I absolutely love it. So cool. But yeah, the team does get what they're there for, the Sword of Lucifer, and it definitely doesn't seem like that's necessarily a good thing. Maybe maybe the sword named after the devil isn't such a great thing for people to be holding. We'll see. But very, very cool. And uh, yeah, it looks like we're wrapping up with the next issue. So this was a little short run, but I've, I've enjoyed it. I hope we get more Blade soon. Uh, hopefully with that vampire crossover we talked about during the news. After that is... Moon Knight 4, City of the Dead. Written by David Pose, penciled by Marcelo Ferreira, inked by Jay Lyston, colored by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letter by Corey Petit. Oh, sorry, colored by Rochelle Rosenberg and for Fuentes Sujo, letter by Corey Petit. In the previous issue, uh, Moon Knight was swallowed by Amut the Devourer in order to save Scarlet Scarab and Khalil. Um, and as the other two tried to escape... Uh, they are also, they're being confronted by all these bad guys that were originally after Moon Knight. And we get kind of like a, a I guess, an introspection story in this issue. A story where Moon Knight is confronted by people from his past and his past mistakes, including Marlene's father, which was really interesting. And they kind of dig into the mistakes he's made and how bad he feels while he's, you know, inside of Amut. And he um, he comes to realization of like that he isn't necessarily just the worst person. He didn't do these horrible things, and that there is redemption for him. That he he you know he is a hero and things like that, which does lead him to make a very awesome last minute appearance to try to save the day, which left us on a little bit of a hook. So we'll see. But I, I love this. I love everything Moon Knight right now. It's probably the best era of Moon Knight Marvels ever had, and just these two books are incredible. After that is Guardians of the Galaxy number seven. Oh man, we finally learned the truth of Grootfall. And it's so much sadder than we could have anticipated. Uh, written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. Art by Kev Walker. Colors by Matt Hollingsworth and letter by Corey Petit. So the truth of Grootfall is, you know, I'm not telling you. Read it. Read it yourself. No spoilers here. But the story does feature Hulkling and Wiccan in an attempt to try to figure out what's going on with Grufal, what happened to the Guardians in the last issue, why aren't they answering? And we get a pretty good answer. We get an idea of what what happened to them, um, what is Grootfall, what is what's the purpose of it, and why are the Guardians defending it now? And I'll just throw, float that out there for you. <laughs> so, um, very cool, very high uh, stakes with the Cosmic Marvel right now. And... Um, of course, someone's going to fuck it all up, but that's how it works. But uh, I, I'm very much enjoying this run. I love the fact that they did point out the previous the members of the Guardians from the previous run, because sometimes when people take over a book and have their own idea, sometimes characters just disappear, like Hercules. And I was really disappointed about that. But they do throw out there that he's, you know, they they reference him. I will say so, and a couple others. So really, really cool. And uh, yeah. Definitely worth the pickup. You should definitely be reading it. After that is Avengers number six. Written by Jed McKay. Art by Avon Fiorelli. Colored by Federico Blee and letter by Corey Petit. This is City Killers part four. And uh, so cool. This is just like a, pr- a, a prototypical Avengers story. Where the Avengers seem to be going up against a force that is just beyond them just level power or power of level way beyond them and they don't really have a choice but they refuse to just sit stand down and they fight to the end and they use their brains to over overcome the bad guys in some just really cool killer ways just all these one-on-one fights resolving in these really interesting ways in different ways too it's not like it was just like one cliche thing it was all these really cool ankles 
and it looks like the Avengers have a new home base, which is cool. Uh, spoilers. And uh, just really interesting. And now we get to see this gauntlet of challenges that they're going to have from the, you know, future that King prophesied. And yeah, I'm here. This has been a really great run. I love this new run of Avengers. I think it's going to be really cool. And I cannot wait to see what's going to happen. After that is Cap Wolf and the Howling Commandos. That's right. Captain America's a werewolf again. Written by Stephanie Phillips. Art by Carlos Magno. Colored by Espen Gruthenjern. And lettered by Travis Lanham. Um, so we do flashback to World War II. And with Captain America working with Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos on the front line. Uh, Nick Fury gets injured. So Cap takes command of the Howling Commandos. And there's some tension there. Because this is early on before they really knew each other. And in their during their mission, Captain America is injured by a werewolf and becomes Capwolf again. Uh, or for the first time, essentially, in this storyline, I guess. But yeah, it, it's, it's basically setting up that concept that it's going to be the Howling Commandos dealing with a werewolf Captain America, which is fun. And it's silly, and it's great, and comics are meant to be ridiculous, so hooray, let's go. I'm really excited about this, so good start. Next up, a one-shot, Captain Marvel Assault on Eden. Uh, just kind of transitioning us to the next Captain Marvel series, I believe. And uh, this one was really well done. Written by Anthony Oliveira. Um, art by Eleanor, Eleonora Carlini. Colors by Ruth Redman. Letter by Ariana Mayer. And yeah, we get to kind of like deal with, with Carol's, you know, half-Cree roots. And once again, Wiccan and Hulkling make a guest appearance. Hulkling being half Cree as well. And um, just this really cool like story with it about being, you know, like about this whole identity of like half of something and how you never feel like you're enough of one thing. Very cool. And also just featuring two of my favorite boys. So hooray. Very, very cool. There's also some uh, Monica backup stories at the end that are really great as well. So very good. Very much enjoying this. And I cannot wait for the new uh, ongoing. So, hooray. <laughs> Next up, some Spidey books. Let's talk Venom 26. Written by Torn Gronbeck. Art by Julius Ota. Colored by Frank Darmada. Letter by Clayton Cowles. Uh, so, Dylan comes face to face with Black Widow, who we find out has a symbiote of her own called Widow. And yeah. It kicks ass. It looks great. <laughs> so um, this story is dealing with uh, Dylan as well as uh, Toxin and, of course, Widow and what's happening with them. And, yeah, I do like this idea that Dylan is, like, getting ready for the confrontation with his father, but at the same time he has things going on. And uh, this is the current thing going on. Very, very cool. Um, yeah, so very good stuff. And, yeah, I, I definitely am in for this. Uh, this current storyline. So after that is going to be the conclusion to Spider-Man India issue number five written by Nikesh Shukla pencil by Tadam Gaju inked by Scott Hanna and Elizabeth D'Amico Clever D. Conniff and the Raj Malone and a letter by Joe Caramagna. Um, very cool. I mean, Peter has to fight multiple villains. Of course he has to fight the lizard and then he has to fight, um, his primary villain in this case. And um, it's really, really cool. But a lot of it is about like the industrialists destroying the, the community and the community having to stand up to it and not be fooled by, you know, propaganda online. Very cool. And at the end we do get to see the iconic, amazing suit from uh, the spider verse movie. It gets debuted. He gets given to him as a gift and it's just so great. Like, I love it. This was a really fun run. I really enjoyed it. And uh, one of the one of the alternate spider characters that don't get talked about enough, but are, is just really, really cool. So very well done. Next up, The Superior Spider-Man Returns. Story by Dan Slott. Script by Christos Gage. Penciled by Mark Bagley, Ryan Stegman, Humberto Ramos, and Giuseppe Comancoli. Inked by John Dell, J.P. Meyer, and Victor Olazaba. Colored by Edgar Delgado and letter by Joe Caramagna. This is setting up the the return of Superior Spider-Man. And I was kind of curious as to how that was going to happen. 
how that that specific situation was going to happen again. But we do get this really cool story about Doc Ock not remembering his time as Spider-Man very well and trying to remember it. Specifically, his experiment to create a miniature sun and, you know, create all this power. And we get this really cool origin story for a new character. I'm not going to spoil it because it's really good. But we do get a new character that is definitely going to be complicating Spider-Man and Doc Ock's lives for a little while. And definitely will facilitate the Superior Spider-Man arc that we have coming. So very cool. Very well told. Awesome character. And just getting a taste of that Superior Spider-Man again was really, really great. Uh, So yeah, well done. Very much enjoyable. Next up is Amazing Spider-Man 35, written by Zeb Wells, art by Patrick Gleason, colors by Marcio Meniz and Eric Arcianega, and letter by Joe Carmagna. Um, this one is leading off of that Peter's Corrupted by Norman's Sins arc that we have going on, and the way Norman has to try to fix it. And it's also a book that very heavily features Craven in a really cool arc, I think, by the end of this issue, Craven's arc was really fascinating and just oh, so good. But yeah, Norman basically is like, those aren't his sins. He shouldn't have to suffer with these. It's up to me to make it good. And Norman does what he has to make it good. And he seemingly comes up with a way to get the sins out of Peter and taken away. But it's not that easy. It can't be that easy. And it's definitely something that is going to come back and bite him, I think. So Really cool. I do love how we keep teasing the sins of Norman Osborn uh, between Queen Goblin and Peter and Norman himself. It's something bad's going to happen, but very enjoyable run. I've been really liking this amazing Spider-Man run. After that is Magneto number three. This one is written by J.M. DeMatteis, art by Todd Nock, color by Rochelle Rosenberg, letter by Travis Lanham. Um, we do get to figure out the uh, the origin for this new character, uh, Array, the Queen of Wrath, who is wearing the Magneto-like suit. And we get to figure out, like, why she's obsessed with Magneto. Wh- where did she hear about him? How did he shape her without realizing it? And it's a really cool background story. Um, once again, I love this run because it's featuring the New Mutants very heavily. I was a huge New Mutants fan growing up. So very cool. Really enjoying it. And with kind of a cool twist at the end, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen there um, with Magneto seemingly embracing his dark side again. Is it a ploy? Is he mind control? What's going on there? I'm not sure, but yeah, very interesting. Something I really enjoyed. After that is Wolverine 38. Uh, This one is written by Benjamin Percy, art by Juan Jose Rip, colored by Frank Darmada and lettered by Corey Petit. We're doing this current arc in Wolverine after Krakoa where he's just teaming up with various heroes. The last issue was with the Hulk. This one was with Captain America. And it's so cool because it's like old war buddies coming together. And um, they're basically stopping a ship full of Krakoan uh, artifacts. And um, (laughs) they have to go undercover. And it's fantastic. I'm not going to spoil that part. But really cool. I love this idea of Wolverine just doing these random team-ups while, you know, the Krakoan Age is falling apart all around him. The next one seems to be Wolverine and Black Panther, which is really interesting because with Black Panther undercover, how's he going to get there? Is he going to sneak into Wakanda? Like, it's a cool idea. So, final book of the week is X-Men Red number 16. And uh, this one is written by Al Ewing, art by Yildare Senar, colored by Federico Blee, and lettered by Ariana Mayer. Um, Oh my God. Okay. There's so much going on in this. I can't talk about all of it, but I will get to say we get to see Prince of Power. We get to see actually a couple Guardians of the Galaxy that apparently were not effective at group fall. So we'll just throw that out there. Um, but uh, so much going on and the four horsemen of apocalypse show up on Erico and they're confronted by Storm and Storm has an amazing badass confrontation with these people. And, of course, the elephant in the room is her and Death. Death having this weird love for her, but he she also defeated him once. And he obviously hates that. And just, oh, it's, it's all coming together. And it's going to be so epic at the ending. 
And again, I'm just so sad that the Krakoan age is over. I hope we get the Arakoan age or something similar, something that I can kind of sink my teeth into because it's just such a great run. This has been so great and it'd be really shame to see it end. But uh, I guess all things come to an end, right? All right. Well, those are the issues that we had this week. Make sure to check us out on Twitter. You can find me at WHI Podcast Keith. You can find producer Liz at WHI Podcast Liz. And you can find Hostway at Hostway Reads Hostway. You can also find the show itself at WHI Podcast on Twitter. Make sure to follow us on there. Uh, you'll get an announcement every time a new episode comes out. It'll have a link to the episode, timestamps for each publisher, and a complete list of every issue that I reviewed. Also, I'm currently doing a 31-day countdown for the month of October of Spooky Books. And we are halfway through the month. It is my pinned tweet, so make sure to check it out on there. You can go back through all the different uh, ones I've chosen and let me know what you think. You can also follow our other show, Jukebox Vertigo, at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter. That is our musical playlist building show that is currently on hiatus, but should be back very soon. Uh, make sure to go back and listen to the old episodes. It's a lot of fun. And uh, once again, at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter. You can also follow my co-host, Hostway at Hostway Plays Hostway on Twitch. Uh, he plays a lot of games on there. He, once again, he is on hiatus at the moment. But when he does come back, I'm sure you can catch him playing some Mario Kart, maybe some Digimon, some Zelda. He plays a little bit of everything. So once again, Hostway plays Hostway on Twitch. And finally, make sure to follow Certain POV, which is our network for Jukebox Vertigo. You can find them um, on Twitter at Certain POV Media. You can also find them at CertainPOV.com. And don't forget to join the Discord. It's so much fun. We have a blast on there just talking about all the things we love. And everybody's nice and friendly. We have, we're very much, you know, everybody's positive. No negativity, no fighting, nothing like that. So great way to keep up with all of us, especially with the state Twitters in. It's a really great way to keep up with that. And check out some of the best podcasts I've ever heard. So check it out once again, Certain POV Media on Twitter or CertainPOV.com. Don't forget to backboard and box your new treasures, and we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books. Stay safe and read more comics. Video games are a unique medium. They can tell stories. Immerse us in strange, fantastic worlds. Blur the very boundaries of our reality. But at the end of the day, video games are fun. Whatever fun is to you. I'm Jeff Moonen. And I am Matt A.K. Stormageddon. And on Fun and Games, we talk about the history, trends, and community of video games. It's a celebration of all the games we play and all the fun we find within them. And there's so many more games out there. So we hope you'll share in that conversation with us. Fun and Games podcast with Matt and Jeff. Find us on CertainPOV.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And happy gaming.